I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. This is episode 25. Woo! Here we go, 25 episodes. Um, and this podcast, I have to say, has been such a highlight over this last year that has been this little thing, you might have heard of it, called the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, you know, I started it in August, but I do have to say it has been one of the things that has kept me going, if I'm being quite honest. Um, It's something I'm so motivated to do when I have lost motivation to do pretty much anything else. And I have loved, loved, loved talking to all of the really awesome people that I've been interviewing and having conversations with for future episodes. Y'all, you are in for such a treat. There are some really, really cool people on the docket coming up. I cannot wait for you to meet all these awesome people that I have gotten to talk to. Um, it has been so incredible to to hear them, to amplify their stories, to stand witness to their experiences. Um, I, I, I couldn't be happier, honestly, um, with how this is going. It has been absolutely incredible. So thank you for those of you who have guested so far. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've had a blast. Uh, but speaking of the <laughs> pandemic, uh, yeah, we're coming up on a year of that. And uh, that has not been a highlight of the last year. I'm sure all of us can agree. Um And I think that even the people like myself who are a little more introverted and earlier on were like, this is fine. I don't have to leave my house. I was like, I'm a Taurus. It's all good. I am thrilled to be able to stay inside and not leave my bed and just read and watch trashy TV all day. This sounds great. Um, Even those people are now really, really sick of this. I've had a number of conversations over the last couple weeks with different people who are just really fucking over it. Um, we're all doing our best. We're all managing. But please remember that like this is not we are not past the be gentle to yourself phase. Um, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And even though we may be, quote unquote, like used to it or whatever, um, that doesn't make it any easier. We're living with constant anxiety about getting sick. We're get, living with anxiety about potentially getting other people sick and um, leaving the house. So remember that just because it's been a while doesn't mean that. Um, it's time to completely go back to normal because nothing nothing is normal and it will be quite some time until we're back at normal again. So be gentle with yourself um, on this lovely one-year anniversary that we have coming up of this. I think, I don't know why I remember it. I think, it, I, I, I know why I remember it. My last day in the office was Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th. And um, 
yeah, it was kind of like the next day was the last day that I like went out shopping with my friends and, you know, we did like a big movie night. It was kind of the last day that things were normal, March 13th and 14th. It's funny how those like things stick in your brain so much. Um, so yeah, that's, that's your reminder too, even though if you're being tough on yourself and you feel like you should be used to it by now, you shouldn't, uh, this sucks. Um, and we're all collectively hitting a quarantine pandemic wall. Um, I think we're getting closer and we, we got to keep, keep it on, uh, as the British say, keep calm and carry on. Uh, no, that's not just a fancy poster that people have. It actually has historical meaning. Um, yeah, so that's your little pep talk about uh, the pandemic. We're all we're all fucking going through it, so please know that you are not alone. Myself and many of the other people are right there with you. Um, okay, well, we have some really, really great content in this episode uh, coming up. Chloe is a stripper. Uh, she was a professional dom and now she does cam work in the pandemic and it's going to be a great, great conversation. I learned so much. There's going to be a fuck ton of episode notes and resources for this one, everyone. So uh, be sure to check those out because there's some really, really great uh, stuff that we talked about. So before I get to that content, um, I wanted to mention uh, another little thing that you can check out, which is on the episode with my friend Manette, we briefly mentioned, we talked about Esther Perel, but we also talked about Elaine de Baton. And I wanted to mention, I wanted to say that uh, the On Being podcast, which is really great, it's about like theology, philosophy, and poetry, just kind of life questions, life ponderings. Uh, they had Elaine de Baton on on February, in February of 2017. Um, yeah, and they just re-aired that on Valentine's Day week of this year. Uh, I highly recommend it. He wrote a great opinion piece, which I'll link in the episode notes, called Why You Will Marry the, New- Why you will marry the Wrong Person from the New York Times. Um, and he has some really, really great things to say in this episode. Um, one of which I, I wrote a bunch of them down uh, the first time that I heard it. And I think I listened to it like twice a year. But one of them is compatibility is an achievement of love. It shouldn't be the precondition. Um, it's he is. I love his stuff. I've I've read all of his books. Uh, I try to get anything uh, of his that I can get my hands on. He's he's wonderful. So uh, check out the podcast. I just realized, too, that it came out the day of my last breakup um which just was kind of odd timing because it's a that podcast was so important to me and all of the things that I took into my current relationship and I I feel like I learned so much of it and it really helped me with a mindset of what a healthy relationship looks like and it aired the day that my last relationship ended so one of those like weird little universe things um okay and now I'm gonna correct a bunch of things that I said in the second half of this episode just so you have the right information from the get-go um I say in this episode Chloe and I are discussing a number of lingerie brands and I mention get cheeky um yeah that's not lingerie that's a mouth guard so go to get cheeky if if you 
need a mouth guard. But if you're looking for lingerie, you'll be very disappointed. What I was thinking of was Get Cheeks, um, which I have mentioned on this podcast before. Cheeks, C-H-E-E-X. I've talked about it before. I'll mention it again. Um, You can go there for like audio, literatica, all different types of porn, um, things that may not be, uh, that might be a little more off the beaten trail. So definitely check it out. Another thing uh, was that we were going over the oldest profession um, and that is a podcast, not a book. It's really, really great. I'm also going to link Tristan Taramino's podcast in the episode notes um, in that she talks to a number of um, people in the sex industry and she just did a special segment called We Too. Um, which features a book that is just coming out now called We Too. Uh, Highly recommend that. Tons of cool things. I'm also going to put all of the lingerie brands that Chloe mentioned and the brands that I can remember that I had to ask my friends about in the episode notes. So, wow, so much stuff, so much material. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. All of those things really, really help me, um, especially reviews at this point. So please do that. Follow me. uh, Follow the Facebook page. Follow the Instagram. And have some other really, really cool things coming up. And without further ado, we're going to cut to a quick commercial break and then uh, have a blast listening to my conversation with Chloe of the podcast Stripper Stories. Do you find yourself struggling between the choices of playing the latest video games you got for Christmas or debating Aunt Fanny about religion over Christmas dinner? Do you find yourself trying to work video games into your school papers, Sunday sermon, or next book proposal? Do you wish you had more people to argue with about the hidden philosophical meaning of your favorite RPG? Well then, nerds, we are the podcast for you. No Avatars Allowed is a podcast about video games, theology, and all things cultural and intellectual. Oh, and we talk about sex a lot, too. Our hosts, Rachel Dalton, Ben Wallace, and Joshua Wise, figure out each week how on earth to cram video games into some kind of bigger discussion. And mostly, we make it work. Check us out every Saturday morning on allportsopen.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So grab your controller, that unused copy of Thomas Aquinas that's sitting on your shelf, maybe a negligee, and come join us for what is certain to be an interesting and strange conversation on No Avatars Allowed. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome back. I am here with Chloe from the podcast Stripper Stories, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate you having me. Um, It's so funny. I was recording, I think, two episodes ago, and I was literally in the middle of the sentence, I would just really love to have somebody from the sex industry on. And I was like, oh, I haven't checked my podcast email today yet. I should do that. And I did, and the email was there. (laughs) I had to like stop recording because I just was so excited to to see it. Yay, that's good. The universe was sending you good vibes. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, I ended up like crying later that day just out of excitement. So, ah, yes. (laughs) I like to hear making women cry. Yeah, no, that's that's the goal, right? Uh, Women supporting women. So, yes. Um, I guess like, let's jump right into it. I, I guess the first question I want to ask you is, uh, what's the first question that everybody asks you? I assume there's like some really annoying questions that you kind of get tired of answering. And, uh, what do those look like? Um, well, it's either, it's a few, it's either like, why did you 
like how did you get into sex the sex industry I guess that's one sure um what you know what made you do it uh, another one is um what is the craziest customer story you have <laughs> I have and, both of those on my list <laughs> yes um which I love answering so don't worry about it um and awesome. another thing like what is your like stripper song or like what is the the thing that you do to like feel most sexy or like what gets you in the mood or something like that that's another one Ooh. I get okay all right well let's mm. answer all of them uh starting with how did you get involved uh with in the sex industry to begin with well, it was um, a bit of a strange, <laughs> it's very strange. It wasn't like the most conventional, like, oh, I'm just going to do it. You know, independent woman going to go be a stripper. Actually, I was with a kind of asshole man and he uh, he worked with me in a bar. I was doing a master's degree and I was a little bit, um, I guess, poor <laughs> for paying for my master's degree. And uh, so I was working in a bar and this guy was working in there with me he was a piano player and he was just like I see you getting loads of numbers over the bar from guys um trying to hit on you you know if you had that many customers in a club you'd make so much money if you were a stripper kind of like a backhanded com mm-hmm. comment you know um so yeah so I was just like oh you're an asshole I don't even know why I'm with you so uh, we had an argument and I think we broke up or something like that and uh I thought, you know what, actually, maybe he's got a point. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll go and uh, try it out. So I auditioned the same the same day and I uh, I got the job. So I, I just never looked back since then. So yeah, thank you, asshole. Really appreciate your uh, input there. Yeah. No, he <laughs> sent you on your journey. Uh, right where right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you started off with the stripping. Um, and like what is the I find that there's there's so much I am always really careful. I want to be PC, you know, um, I I don't always succeed, obviously, but what's the preferred term? Like, do you prefer stripper? Do you prefer uh, exotic dancer? Like what, what's the preferred term that you like to use? Uh, You know what? I, I mean, I'm kind of just happy with anything to be honest. I'm just like dancer, Dancer mm-hmm. is great. I mean, that's, that's technically what we do. Um, stripper is also great. That's technically what we do. So, I mean, sure, I'm really not sure. that precious about it. Like, girls get precious. I'm like, oh, like, I'm not a stripper or, like, whatever. Like, that's <laughs> a derogatory term. Like, that's what we do, hun. Like, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, at the end of so, the day. Yeah. And there's – it's a – it's important work. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I do enjoy it. And I think that there's a, there, I think about, I, I, full disclosure, I've never actually um, been to a strip club. I don't know why. I just never have. Um, but I have read a fair amount about them. That makes me sound so nerdy. Um, <laughs> and asked people. And I don't know. It kind of seems like an important thing. There are people who are lonely people you know who are in um awful marriages or bad situations or just don't have any family and they you're it's almost it's providing like a a therapy of a sort so people don't feel lonely yeah absolutely I mean it is providing a service and whatever that service is whether it be companionship whether it be just like the physical like you know visual aspect of it I mean yeah it is a service at the end of the day and you are selling yourself it's quite a personal a personal thing really as well and um it you kind of 
put yourself obviously standard you do put yourself more into it than you would you know an office job you know sure. you're putting yourself on the line there you're meeting new people every day and it is quite a kind of um humbling experience uh, some of the things I have I've kind of witnessed so mm-hmm. yeah I really do enjoy my job when it was like pre-covid obviously <laughs> before right, like yeah. when we could lick each other's faces yeah <laughs> Some someday, probably not anytime soon. Do you um think you're going to? Uh, I I assume that you're doing something else along those same lines in COVID. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I work on Cam now, so it's basically. Okay. Yeah, you probably heard of it. It's an online platform, basically, with exactly the same kind of thing. Um, and yeah, loads of women are doing it, and people do it to supplement their income, whether they do other jobs or not. I mean, it's it's very it's a very kind of cool. Um, good way to earn money when you're just be you know having to sit in the house so mm-hmm. um yeah I do enjoy cam actually to be fair people are a lot more open on cam because obviously there's not those restrictions that there are in the strip club you're at home and things so um I have met quite a, a quite a lot of colorful characters I would say <laughs> on cam um, would you say yeah. even more so than in person yes absolutely yeah oh okay um yeah. well what so I guess going back to one of your the commonly asked questions what's a crazy story that you have um either about your time like in person dancing in person or um you know doing cam work or both oh well I have uh, I have one from cam actually that happened not so long ago he was a guy uh I think I talk about it on one of my podcast episodes but he um he was actually a recent guy and he was really into cannibalism and he was <laughs> fucking weird really really weird um he used to <laughs> ring me on the phone and he was like oh I really you know want to be devoured by women and and so our cam work you can either ring someone and see someone face to face or they can ring you on the phone and so I got his his kind of voice was very cannibal lectory and he's like I really <laughs> want to be devoured by women I was like what like in a sexual way and he was like no no no, I want to be eaten by women I want them to devour me like a pack of hyenas devours its prey I want them to eat my intestines and all of my loins and all of this I'm like whoa hun this is a lot um so yeah he wanted to have you know it's a kind of weird like sexual fantasy about being like completely eaten I guess <laughs> I mean it's I mean I've never really experienced someone face-to-face like that before so it was a lot a lot to deal yeah, with yeah that that seems um that's a lot of vulnerability <laughs> to, to to share that and so I imagine that would be harder to do uh oh, to say the least that's uh how do you handle that like I mean I imagine so I went to acting school originally um and so you know I I have a fair amount of training with like improv and being on my toes but most people in my life would tell you that like I even if I try to be flexible I'm not very good at being flexible so like what do you do in those situations when somebody like throws you a curveball that you just aren't expecting I mean you just have to kind of run with it right yeah it's basically an improv class. That's exactly what it is. I did acting as well. So okay. I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's like about not being sh- like, sh- I guess, shaming people for what they're exactly. into. Um, and unless it's something that you're not okay with talking about yourself, like for instance, I mean, uh, race play or age play and things like that. Like I'm just not about, you know, using racial slurs or using, you know, having fantasies where, you know, kids are underage or people are underage. Like that is something that people do look to talk about. Um, And that's where I draw the line and just say, absolutely not. This is something I just don't 
condone. This is something I cannot play along with. That's just my personal thing. Um, but yeah, there, <laughs> there are times where you think, oh God, this is fucking crazy. Why am <laughs> I even doing this? Like what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, but acting, acting just, it's just an acting a job basically. That's all it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I like it. <laughs> And uh, yeah. I do imagine, so I know, you know, back to the acting thing, um, sometimes you get so into character. I mean, do you ever get turned on, like, in these situations? Maybe not in, like, the crazier ones, but in some of the... Sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, oh, okay. It's more about, like, less about the physical thing happening to me. It's more like seeing someone else really turned on. Mm-hmm. You kind of feed off that, I guess. Um, I think we're just human. Like, human nature is to just, like... You know, if you see something hot, someone really enjoying themselves, like you're like, oh, okay, you kind of feed into it a lot. So, um, yeah, that's probably where it comes from most of the time. But you know what? I've done it for so long now and like seen so many fucking things. I am a little bit like I decompartmentalize quite a lot, I think. And um, I think it's healthy to do so. It means that like my actual real relationships in my real life are actually the ones that I look forward to cultivating instead of like looking for this online this online turn on, I guess. But um, but yeah, it's hard not to be turned on sometimes, I guess. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even, even I think back to like sometimes where I'm just like, oh, th- did not exp- – like I, if I'm on stage with somebody and I'm like, this person is a gay man and I'm really turned on right now just because I was so like in the moment in character. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I can totally see that. And uh, – but I did want to go back to – so you were talking about like that – and that's so interesting that you mentioned that because I think that's one of my favorite things about like sex in general and talking about sex is it's power play. And um, I think I saw that you've done work as a dom, correct? Yep, that is right. Yeah, that I want to right. talk about that. Um, tell me about that and kind of like how those power dynamics come in, come into play and – um what you do to like cultivate those relationships I mean you know what it is it's mostly just being able to get inside someone's mind and figure out because a lot of these people who do come in for a session unless you know them really well and they're one of your clients for a really long time they don't really Mm. know a lot of the time what they're into um or what their kinks are specifically they'll they'll give you a roundabout ballpark you know idea but it's mostly about just putting yourself in in their shoes and like manipulate mind manipulation I guess um and obviously I have never been a sub I have subs I've had subs um that's something where you know I only I'm only submissive in any you know area of my sex life during you know having a relationship with someone else in my personal life um Mm -hmm. I don't really submit or become a sub in any other facet of my life. That's just not my natural habitat. But um, at work, I mean, people don't, a lot of the people who come see me, especially when I used to work in a dom house or in a dungeon, it was it was to be dominated, right? So um, that's how the power play would normally go. Um, they do obviously look to you for guidance for things and you're not completely, you know, uh, what's the word? kind of tuned off to them you're not you know teaching them you're not like putting yourself on too much of a higher plane because you know at the end of the day we are human beings and you do need to really be very careful with someone's um time that you spend with them because it is a very very kind of 
touchy thing. You need to really be careful and not push their boundaries to the point where they, you know, they get too afraid and never come back and see you. You know, it is it is a really kind of um, important role that you play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I did love doing it. Unfortunately, now a lot of the houses have closed down. Right. A lot of the, uh, yeah, the groups of women who used to work together in, in these dungeons are not working anymore because of COVID. And it's it's really sad because it is really one of those jobs in the sex industry that was kind of trampled on since, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey came out. You know, oh people yes. all thought, yeah, yeah, that that was, you know, what it was, um, which is absolutely incorrect. Um, so, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how that's going to go for that that world right now. You know, I, I think strip clubs will open at some point, but because obviously in the UK, it's a meter away. You can't touch. Um, mm-hmm. There's no physical contact of any kind. However, in a dungeon there is. So they really, you really do need that to be able to have a good session or a session of any kind. So I think they'll be one of the last places to open up to, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I... It's interesting because you were talking about, you know, the the mind manipulation and, you know, putting yourself in the people's shoes. You're really, it's really, I imagine that there's a lot of stigmas that you hear about of people, you know, dismissing the job, but you have to be so empathetic and like able to read people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's actually really incredible. And I don't think that um, the industry gets enough uh, credit for that. Me either. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's kind of sad, like, nowadays that a lot of the women I worked with before, they're all mostly online. They've got their subs and stuff online now. So you, it, it is a lot harder to read um, people. Like I said, you do really need that physical contact, that kind of in, like, down and dirty contact with them, um, whether you do full service or not. But, yeah, it was a really enjoyable job of mine. I think... It also matters who you work with, who you work for, whether you work for yourself or not, um, and what kind of environment you work in. That does also play a massive part in it too. Um, and the kind of things that your clients are looking for. You know, I don't, I didn't do full service. I've never escorted. Um, I've never charged for sex or sexual acts um, myself. But it's not because, you know, I think any type of way about it. It's just because that's where I drew my line and, right. and that's that's it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, everybody has that point. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. But you mentioned um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. And that actually was a, a, a point of mine because I read those books. Whoa. Did you? But I read them very, like to make fun of them because right. I read them and I... I think I was like 21. Yeah. And um, I I have close friends who are part of um, the kink community and were part of the kink community at the time. And so the entire time that I was reading it, I was like, this is not – this is like dangerous to have out there um, because people are, you know, going to think one thing about what they're getting into and that's just not what it is. It's so much safer and there's so much more communication than I think was present in those books. Yeah, it's it's that kind of rape fantasy, isn't it? It's that kind of like mm-hmm. losing control fantasy that, you know, a lot of, I hate, hate to say it and hate to be generic, but this is who it was kind of written for, like bored housewife kind of right. mentality where it sounds really bad, but, you know, that's 
someone to be able to just t- take control of you and you have no power left. Like it's just almost where they're coming from, right? So absolutely. Obviously, they can they can empathize with the characters and connect to the characters a lot easier. So that's how they. That's why they wrote it like that. But it is completely factually incorrect. Um, so yeah, it is a funny thing. I never read them. I think it was originally Twilight fan fiction. Oh wow, was it? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's mental. I mean, I, I never know. read them. I watched the films and I was like, no, this is absolutely it's outrageous. It's pretty bad. Cannot... It's pretty awful. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so you you were saying you never read them. Um, no way. I... Like, oh, I mean, I used to get people, my clients coming in like, oh, so this is all new clients. So this is what I've read. This is what I've, you know, this has really turned me and my husband on. We really like to get involved in this, you know, in, in your community. I'm like, no, this is, you've been oversold and, and you're going to be underdelivered because it's just not, right (laughs) but it's more like kinky bedroom talk yeah that is what it is that is yeah what it is and there's like the different like tool it's it's kind of like a intro to like the different tools that you can use in kink which I think is interesting but it's not how the characters play out that relationship I don't think is accurate at all absolutely not like no if a guy treated you like that in real life you'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you like no absolutely are you all right (laughs) why are you following me yeah literally it's horrendous so when somebody comes in with that background what do you how do you handle that like do you have a conversation with them about it and kind of figure out yeah where they want to go from there yeah absolutely I mean obviously you do you do have um a kind of assessment in the beginning I guess what you what you'd call it is you fill out a sheet a form um depending on what house you're working in you kind of say your do's and don'ts of what you're what you're looking for um and kind of what toys and what kind of outfits and uh, what you would like the session to um kind of focus around uh so if if you do see it kind of going 50 shades of gray no way <laughs> that's what they used mm-hmm. to say so yeah absolutely not we we would definitely talk to people about it and just be really honest because no one wants to be oversold something and then feel like the community or like coming to us was a bad decision kind of thing so you you really need to like give people a realistic um a realistic you know outlook on what on what they're gonna receive for their money and their time so yeah honesty is the best policy always I think absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. fantasy can be so much more different from reality and so it's good to temper those expectations absolutely Ooh, so I had like some questions about um (laughs) uh just kind of like I guess beauty and like body things like I'm sure you get asked this all the time but like when when uh you know strip clubs did exist once upon a time Mm -hmm. um what would you do like when you were on your period or when you had ingrown hairs like how how do you how do you handle just like basic, this is what it's like to be a human in a human body and like match that with a person's fantasy? Yeah, good question. And actually I, have, I haven't been like asked this enough to be fair. I've been asked it a few times. I'm like, yes, this is what like women need to understand. Like it takes a small fucking village to raise a stripper. 
You know, yes. you don't just fucking roll out of bed with that hair and like, you know, all your legs shaved and like your armpits done. Like it just doesn't fucking happen, right? First of all, once you get to the point in your stripping career where you go get laser, that is a massive thing for all women because you don't have to shave then, which is great. Um, I would always say laser is the way. It is a bit expensive, but, you know, it does pay for itself later on in life. Um, trust me, the ingrown hairs do not happen then, which is fucking oh great. That sounds um, like a dream. <laughs> honestly, it's so good. Like being a hairless wonder, absolute dream. But obviously Baby Corona. When, yeah, it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> but when I couldn't be bothered to shave, I would just wear stockings. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, guys can't touch you anyway, but like it used to get so bad. Like we would laugh at each other because like in the light, because even though it's like purple and green light or whatever the fuck it was, um, you could still see little hairs poking out of all of our stockings because we were just like, fuck this shit. I'm not <laughs> shaving my legs every night of the week for these assholes. <laughs> um, they don't deserve that from me. It's like genuinely strippers are the hairiest beings on the planet. We're just like fucking not bothering with that shit. Absolutely not. <laughs> Um, I love that. Washing our hair, like girls would just wear wigs a lot of the time. Some girls would, I mean, you used to have hair extensions. So, I mean, talcum powder, we used to put that in our hair, dry shampoo. Uh, fuck washing your hair. Like, like work was almost like an inconvenience. It was just like, I'm not going to dress like I'm actually going to go out with the girls or like on a date to work every fucking night. However, the skill to do your makeup, I'm telling you now, that skill is a skill for life. Being able to do your makeup in like 10 minutes flat, like on a tiny stool in the corner of a changing room, like when there's loads Mm -hmm. of other girls flapping around, like it's genuinely a skill. So the makeup, I would say, is one thing I've taken from stripping. I'm like, yes, I can still do that. Um, But yeah, periods. Oh yeah, okay, periods. That's another one. So lots of girls didn't come into work when they're on the periods because they just felt like shit, which I completely understand. Yeah, Um, I understand that. Ugh horrendous I'm on the coil now I have the coil and it's like death death um so if I had the coil I would definitely not be going to work but tampon you just get the string you cut it a little bit and you shove it up you like shove it right up there um and even when you bend over then you can't really see it unless (laughs) which is good but um unless you know like the light so we did have like luminous lights so they do catch the Catch any white in the club. You know how when you go to a, like a club of any kind and the white always shows up a lot. Um, like the white like color of things. So we've seen a lot of tampon strings poking out <laughs> just because they shine the fuck out of your legs, like literally. So yeah, girls, if you're going to do this, just genuinely put that tampon string all the way up. It's not going to get lost in your body. Trust me. Um, yeah, fish but- it out later. Yeah, fish it out later. Exactly. But I mean, no one wants to be on a really heavy period and squatting down mm-hmm. in front of a guy. Like it just doesn't. So just take the day off and that's what we used yeah, to do. Yeah, and you feel like bloated and you're moody and yeah, I I don't have the 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 patience no. when when I'm on my period. Okay, well, are there any other like tips that you have, um, whether like beauty or like sexy, like certain ways, you know, certain ways to like move um, or certain ways to like look at a guy? Just like tell tell me how you make people weak at the knees. Well, that is a question. I mean, for me, it's like, it's music and lighting. They are your two best friends, like ever. Even if you're in your house and you're in lockdown and you want to seduce your husband or who the fuck else is around, your cat, you can literally 
the lighting. So I've got like um, some bulbs that are like go purple. Purple and pink are, are really good for like mm-hmm. pink light, cellulite yeah. or for feeling like skinny or like wanting to feel like a little bit more like, I guess, body positive because the lumps and bumps, you can't fucking see them in purple and pink. Mm-hmm. That's why they're always purple and pink in every strip club because it just a really flattering light. Um, so if you don't have those, you can change the light bulbs or get like little twinklies, but like turning the lights down is a good one and finding some nice, slow, slutty songs Definitely. and getting some nice underwear. I, I, see, I need to get on the, I, my, I'm in a group chat with like my girlfriends about, um, we're all trying to find like that underwear that makes us feel really good when we're not leaving our house. So we have like an yes. entire thread going on about that. Yes. Uh, cause what do you us- use? What do you have? they care like I think that uh, I just am not picky I like have like target underwear and like like dumb Victoria's Secret underwear from when I was like a sophomore in college (laughs) um they said uh like uh like get cheeky I think is one of the brands that they said get cheeky I'm looking at that right now maybe that's a porn site I don't know I feel like I there's so many like sexy websites or brands that I've become aware of in recent years and they all are like in my brain together but I I can put it in the episode notes for sure I'll go back to my Do friends it. and have them another one me. that's really good is um honey budette Ooh, is, okay yeah I'll give you the link to them they're really 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 good they're like they're kind of a little bit hate to say 50 shades of gray it no absolutely not she looked like she was wearing like frilly underwear from somewhere I don't know what the fuck she was wearing but it's more like kind of like black um kind of dungeon-esque you know sluttery little buckles it's like really really cute um okay I'm gonna have to note that down note that right down. awesome yes um let me see I have I want to make sure that I get to as many of these as possible and we only have a little bit okay um has this work changed about has it changed how you think about the male sex at all? Has it made you more judgmental? Has it made you more empathetic? Both? Definitely judgmental, even though I don't okay. show it to them because obviously that's not part of my job. I mean, sometimes I judge them, obviously, harshly. If I mean, sometimes they want to be judged. <laughs> sometimes they do. Sometimes they fucking deserve it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it it does, it makes me want in my real relationships something more. Mm-hmm. Um, than just the average carnal man, you know, like the kind of the guy that just leers after tits and leers after ass. You want, you know, you almost like, where are the men that care about the soul? And if you find them, that's fucking great. But like yeah. most of the guys that I deal with, like you're seeing them in their kind of work at their worst in a way. Animalistic I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously it does, it does change your opinion on men. Of course, like I literally speed date for a living. So you, you're gonna meet massive assholes and then think, oh, is this all that, you know, is around in life? Um, but I think to be able to decompartmentalize your brain and not, not, and not like think, oh, um, my job is me. My job is my life. You know, that's a really, really uh, important thing that I've learned, you know, that when you're going to date. I'm not I'm not trying to work them like I'm working them at the club kind of thing they are different sure. yeah and I was um, gonna ask that like how you deal with um the stigmas of sex work in your own life and what that looks like when it comes to dating you know I don't know your relationship status but um you know I imagine that it's definitely come up in those situations before 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's different for everyone, but for me, I kind of, when I was a baby stripper back in the dark ages, um, <laughs> I, I was, I wasn't the most honest. I, I felt a bit of almost shame about what I was doing. I, I thought no one would understand. And, and so I would date guys and not tell them. And that, that was also quite bad because I thought, you know, they're going to judge me. They're going to think that I'm just, I am my job. Um, as I got older, I realized actually you do weed out the men from the boys and I, you know, it, this job is, is part of me, you know, even though I say mm. I'm not my job, it's something that I've done for such a long time now and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. And so if you want to date me, you're going to date all of me and I'm going to do this job before you and I'm going to do this job after you. Um, so I'm not changing my job. So I think it's, um, it's become one of those things that I, I do now tell people very early on and you do definitely weed out the men from the boys, like being able to you know, see their faces change or, you know, how they treat you change or not change, which is great or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've got, I've, I'm seeing someone, I've got a boyfriend, so he knows everything about me, every single thing. And he, I mean, there is hope for us all. Like there are men out there that just can just see it for what it is. However, you know, um, it's like one of those things like, I've had it before where guys are great with it and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, in, in an argument, they'll be like, well, you're just a stripper or you're just a, you're like, oh, they'll make on. you out. Like, right, exactly. So uh, that has happened in the past, not with this current partner I'm with, but um, so, you know, time will tell, you know, I guess. Um, but obviously I've had bad experiences. I've had great experiences, like everybody with their, with their partner, you know? Yeah, so, I, yeah. I hate that. Um, I yeah. hate it a lot. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, I want to tie up like our last, you know, five, five, ten minutes here. Um, so I want to talk about all of the new things going on right now. Social media is coming down really hard on sex workers. Right. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, Instagram announced new terms and conditions. And, uh, I think Twitter did recently too. Um, yeah. and, yeah, tell me what you think about that. Like, what can we, uh, we what can we do to support the sex industry and make sure that, like, I think, uh, pe- uh, sex workers they pay taxes, correct? Well, in the UK they do. I don't know about the US. Right. I mean, it depends on the person as well, like whether they declare all their money. I right. guess it's down to the person, right? But it's not seen as legit work in some cases, which is mind-boggling. If you pay taxes, it's work. Right? Like, <laughs> great questions, by the way. Like literally, oh, thank yes, you. <laughs> 10 out of 10 questions. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's loads and loads of um, what are they called when you sign a petition online. There's loads of them. People are okay. doing, especially sex workers, sign a petition, speak to some people, join some groups. I mean, just be pro. I mean, just find find things out for yourself. Do some reading. I think that's what, you know, I would say the muggles could do um, if you don't muggles. work in the sex oh, industry. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so um, much. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably the best thing, really. And I, it makes me really sad that people's accounts are getting closed down. And yeah, you know, it, like it really depends on whether you've got enough followers or you know you you bring in enough money for Instagram, whether you're allowed to show your side boob or not. You know, um, makes me really really frustrated. We're in you know 2021 now. Corona has ha- has happened. There's worse things going on in the world than to think about and worry about if a woman is selling her pussy or her nipple or you know just her free choice of speech. Do you know what I mean? Like no, absolutely. I don't 
get it. For me, it just makes me really angry. And so, yeah, I think sign those petitions and just, yeah, just be loud about it. I think that's all we can do until, you know, the next wave comes along. And the next, I mean, how are we still talking about sex work now when it's the oldest profession in the world? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's ridiculous. I was actually just listening to a podcast and I can um, link this in the episode notes too. It's, um, it's the pod, I listen to podcasts all day. That's all that I do. I was actually listening to yours earlier today. Um, This is called uh, The History of Sex Work. It's a podcast called Sex Out Loud with Tristan Taramino. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a uh, woman named Caitlin Bailey who goes into talking about uh, the history of sex work in the world Um, all the way back to the beginning. Like you said, The Oldest Profession. I think there's actually a book called The Oldest Profession. Uh, So I'll definitely link that because – I want to pick it up now that I've heard about it. Yeah, amazing. Me too. 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling to me um, that – I mean, and we know where it comes from, right? It comes from shame and men's guilt for their desires and um, a general desire to control women and control women's narrative. Yeah, really well said. I mean, it's just like they don't quite understand um, the people who are making these decisions that, you know, we have a choice. Like before, you know, we could vote and before like we could do all these other things that men can do. It's like now, okay, we have different bodies that are, you know, that we can make babies. We can, you know, Mm -hmm. do all these different things. It's they cannot choose to pick out what what is allowed for our bodies, you know, when they tried to silence us and say we had no right for abortion and things like that as well. Like, it's just like, why are loads of people making judgment and making rules on our bodies? We don't do that for men. We never have. We've never been able to. So, I mean, I hate, I'm never going to be a man shamer and I'm not going to do it here either. It's just, there is two, there is two sides to this. And, um, and I think it, our side really needs to be heard. And I think that, you know, hopefully this is, I mean, it starts with us, doesn't it? It starts with our podcast. Like you've got a fucking great podcast where you shout about it from the rooftops. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, if people listen to them, hopefully then they'll spread the word like Chinese whispers all over the planet. You know, it's like, yeah, it will be, you know, it starts with us, doesn't it? It starts with just educating ourselves and just trying not to be, trying not to carry on our I guess whatever this, whatever we've been the dark ages, like we've been going on forever, you know, yep. it's got to change at some point. Yeah. Out, out and proud. Um, oh. it's out and proud. There is, um, there's so much good in the sex industry and I really do think that it's necessary. And, um, I remember I, I grew up in a really liberal household. My mom really early, uh, you know, I think I was really young and I asked her and of course I used the word prostitution as like a 12 year old and uh, that was a while back. But, um, you know, I asked her about it and she was like, oh, that should be legalized. (laughs) And I was like, I'm 12. But like, yeah, super. I mean, my mom's fucking awesome. Um, So, you know, I I was raised really early uh, believing in that because ultimately, like like anything else, if something is completely shut down, people are going to find a way to do it. And it's going to become more dangerous. Absolutely. Legalize drugs. No, I'm kidding. Yep. (laughs) I mean, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like literally, absolutely. With 
weed. I'm like, yes, the UK needs to follow suit. It's the same with everything. It's like, it's like, it's almost like in a relationship, you know, like treating me and keeping keen. Like if you don't want, if someone is saying no to something all the time, you just want it more, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same with, with like the sex industry. People are just like putting this massive, big, like, I, I guess, question mark around it all the time. And even the gentrification of the sex industry through Hollywood, like, you know, the Hustlers movie, things like Fifty Shades mm-hmm. of Grey. That, how is it okay for them to publicize strippers in that way? People sing about strippers, but actually to be one and work yeah. in the sex industry, can't do that. No, Don't absolutely. It. Don't it's get uh, it. pretty mind boggling. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, before we get off, um, where can people find you? Uh, you have a podcast, Stripper Stories. Um, I do. Yeah, tell us all about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was born out of COVID, like a lot of podcasts have been, but um, yeah, I've, it's definitely like progressed into something other than just stripper stories we have like kink doctors come on we have people who work in the like psychotherapy we have um you know people from the gay community trans community everybody and everyone comes on my podcast and talks and and tells their story so it's a really safe space it's really hilarious pretty dirty not fit for work content but um if you do want to listen to (laughs) it yeah (laughs) it's um stripper stories podcast on instagram or podcast at stripperstories.com and yeah, all my all my uh, episodes are anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So yeah, check me out. Amazing. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. Um, I'm so jazzed that I was able to ask these questions. And I know that my listeners will be uh, excited to hear you also. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah. Everybody, this has been Wine, Dine, and 69. I'm Rachel here with Chloe from Stripper Stories. Check her out and let's keep talking. Thank you.